I'm really glad you're with us today. Welcome to my homes where I'm recording this. And we're wrapping up a series today that we've called This Changes Everything. Following Jesus Christ changes everything about the way we approach life itself, the way we approach happiness, the way we deal with unmet expectations, disappointments. And today we're looking at how he can guide us out of discouragement when we slide into it. There is a different level of discouragement that we all face at times in life, different degrees and intensities. In the Winnie the Pooh world, some of us are more like Eeyore in this clip. Good morning, Pooh Bear. If it is a good morning, which I doubt. I don't know about you, but I, I can relate to Eeyore. I tend to be natively, I'm, I'm kind of like that. But others are more like Tigger on the other end of the spectrum, who's always up. He's bouncing around. He's always up. When discouragement shows up in our life, it can put a damper on us in a big way. Discouragement is a trap that takes us down and holds us there. We have to learn to fight off discouragement if we're going to enjoy life the way God wants us to enjoy life. In today's message, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at some common ways that we slide into discouragement. Then I'm going to look at a spiritual enemy who supercharges discouragement. Then we're going to go to scripture and we're going to dig into the what the scripture says about dealing with discouragement and facing it down and avoiding the trap of it. We slide into discouragement. Many slides at a water park come in clusters that dump you into the same pool. Like those in this picture, some twist and turn, others are straighter and steeper slide into it. And that's how discouragement is. If I handle discouragement at at the outset wrongly, then I keep sliding down the slide into the pool of discouragement. Here are some common ways that we start the slide. Wrong expectations can leave me disappointed if I never adjust them. I'm in the slide, and I'm continually disappointed. When I try something and fail, frustration that goes unchecked starts the slide. When I'm trying to make progress toward a goal, and I face trouble trying to make that progress, I can start the slide. If I think more highly of myself than I should, or if I think more highly of someone else than I should, when I disappoint myself or when the other person disappoints me, I can start the slide. It's, you know, there's really only one perfect person on the face of the earth who's ever lived and lived a perfect life. That's Jesus Christ. So I need to give myself more grace. I need to give others more grace because Jesus would. That's, that's why we love him. If I'm wounded and I refuse to forgive the person who hurt me, the next time I'm hurt, I start the slide into discouragement. The fact is we can slide into discouragement on our own without any help. But we also have a spiritual enemy who adds to the power of the slide at key times. And I'd like to share a poem with you 
It's called Satan's Garage Sale. It was originally written by an anonymous author, but my mentor adapted it, and I'm going to share his version with you. Here it is, Satan's Garage Sale. Once upon a time, Satan was having a garage sale. There, standing in little groups, were all of his bright, shiny trinkets. On the one side were tools that make it easy to tear other down, others down to use as stepping stones. And over there were some lenses for magnifying one's own importance, which, if you look at them the other way, if you turn them around, you could use those to belittle others or even to belittle oneself. Against the wall was the usual assortment of gardening instruments guaranteed to help your pride grow by leaps and bounds, the rake of scorn, the shovel of jealousy for digging a pit for your neighbor, the tools of gossip and backbiting of selfishness and apathy. All of these were very shiny and pleasing to the eye. And a visitor... As he browsed the garage sale, he noticed a well-worn, nondescript tool lying in one corner. It was a heavy hammer, old with its square face, now rounded from long use. He found it curious that this one had a price tag much higher than any other. When he asked why, Satan looked at him and said, oh, They put that out by mistake. It's not for sale, not for sale at any price. I'll never sell that one. Why? asked the puzzled man. The devil grinned. It doesn't look that good, but it's my most effective tool. If it wasn't so plain looking, people might see it for what it is. That's discouragement. When I can't bring someone down with my other tools, I use discouragement. Because so few people realize it belongs to me. Nothing will stop someone in their tracks like discouragement. No matter how rich or poor they are, no matter how extraordinary or ordinary they are. If it can keep people stuck where they are for years. When I hammer them again and again with that, they become hopeless. They can't pray. They can't worship. They become a victim of their environment. All the good stuff drains out of them. Courage, vision, faith, hope, and the will to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Once I get them discouraged, I have neutralized them. They end up with only enough energy to feel sorry for themselves. We need to know this. We need to know that there are common ways that we slide into discouragement ourselves. And then we have an enemy who uses discouragement as a tool to pound us and keep us stopped in the in our tracks, in the progress we're trying to make in life. I want to take us to the Bible to uncover the help God gives to overcome discouragement. I'm going to start in Romans 15. It was written by the Apostle Paul, and he shows us how to escape the discouragement track. First of all, read Scripture. One thing the Bible does is it, it helps us know what to expect from life. It's, it's showing us how life really works, and it's helping us understand reality the way that God has made life to work. And 
as we read scripture, we can adjust our expectations to line up with what God says is real and what God says is right. Romans 15, 4 says this, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. If we have a habit of reading the Bible, asking God to speak to us through it, listening to what he says and putting it into practice, we get encouraged. I've experienced that over and over and over again in my life. It's like God is speaking directly to me through the Bible, and I soak it in, and it really helps. The passage explains that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. This is a reference to the Old Testament portion of the Bible, and you gain a lot of hope by reading how God relates to his people throughout history and how he has shown just incredible patience, how he is loving, his loving, his love is unfailing toward his people and toward us. And he just has come through over and over and over again. And so there's tremendous amount of encouragement to be had there. But I want to encourage you, don't read the Bible like it was a textbook or a novel. Read it like it for read it for what it is. It is a letter from God and he wants to use it to speak to you. So, I'd encourage you to read Joshua through Esther in the Old Testament and then the Psalms as well. If you're dealing with discouragement, those books will fortify you and help you to deal with discouragement and gain the perspective that God wants you to gain. Um, the Psalms are also good to read. Uh, they're part of the wisdom books, what's known as the wisdom books. They contain a lot of poetry where people are grappling with discouragement before God. And you find out how to make your way out of discouragement as you read the Psalms. If you read the Word of God, if you read the Bible, it's written for your endurance, to help you endure, and for your encouragement. So it's important to read the Scripture as you're sliding. If you're sliding into discouragement, or if you're in the pool of discouragement, then read the, read the Scripture. If you read it, Listen to God as he speaks to you through it. You experience the encouragement of the scriptures and you gain a great deal of hope. Second way to escape the trap of discouragement is to pray for endurance and encouragement. Paul shows us the source of encouragement in Romans 15.5. It's really the beginning of a prayer. And I'm going to read both parts of the prayer. But at the very beginning, I, 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 he says this. He says, may the God who gives you endurance and encouragement. And that's a reminder that God is ready to give us the encouragement we need. But we need to ask him for it. He, he loves it when we ask him. Now, me, myself, I... I tend to get into discouragement and I can catch myself fighting to deal with it under my own power. But hey, God's made his power available to me. 
And I can ask him, I can, I can fight through discouragement by praying to God and asking him for help. And his power is available to help me walk through it. The Lord loves it when we rely on him. And he wants us to fight our way out of the trap of discouragement by praying to him, by relying on him. A third way to escape the trap is to pull into the church community. It may seem like an abrupt topic change when Paul begins to mention unity here, uh, but there's a good reason. He continues his prayer in the last part of verse 5 on through verse 7 in Romans 15. May God give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you, in order to praise God. Paul is revealing a real source of encouragement here that God he has provided. The Lord's provided the church community as a deep source of encouragement for us. When discouragement takes over, it's very easy to pull away from others, to isolate yourself, to feel shame and begin to compare yourself uh, with other people and get more and more discouraged by the shame and uh, shame and comparison. But if we pull into the church community, there is a wealth of encouragement to be had. There is nothing like the church in the world today. It's the way God, he builds us up. He strengthens us through it. And he brings a tremendous amount of encouragement. One of the things is you you find acceptance in a healthy church body like nowhere else. We're commanded here. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Acceptance is refreshing. We need a group to belong to. And if we're alone and isolated, we're exposed and open to be infected with discouragement in a, in a deeper way. You know, I've gone down through uh, some water slides in my day that can make you pretty disoriented. I've been on a couple of slides that make these look very tame. Um, the slide down can literally, if there are a lot of twists and turns, the slide down can literally get your head spinning and you land in the pool, you hit the pool, and you've got to reorient yourself to figure out where in the world am I and how do I get out of this pool. Discouragement's the same way. You know, sometimes we're in it and we're thinking, which way is up? Which direction leads me out of this pool of discouragement? How do I get out of there? I'd like to move away from Romans 15 and focus on some guidance God gives through uh, a book of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And that's where we're going to find the fourth way to escape discouragement trap, and that's to use good sense. What you do with your mind when you're struggling with discouragement really makes a big difference and how you make progress in getting out of that trap. Proverbs 16.22 says, Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, 
but the instructions of fools is folly. Good sense here leads a person to life. And I'd like to talk about four specific ways that good sense should be applied to our lives to help us escape the discouragement trap. First of all, don't try to control what you can't control. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says that time and chance happen to everyone. Some, some things, sometimes and actually often, things don't go as we planned. Things happen. Trouble occurs. And Ecclesiastes 9.11 is making a point that time and chance happen to everyone. The strong, the intelligent, the race doesn't always go to the swift, it says. Mary Decker was a clear favorite in the 1984 Olympics in the 3,000-meter race, but she fell. I, I remember watching that when it happened, and I, wow, what a disappointment. You you know, the Olympics only come every four years, um, and you got one shot at that race, and you're the favorite, and you fall. Man, my heart really went out to her when that happened. But life is unpredictable like that. We need to pray over the things that we can't control, and there are a lot of those things. And we also need to take responsibility for the things that we do control, which brings us to the second aspect of good sense, if we're battling discouragement, and that's to do something constructive. Psalm 34, 12 through 14 is one of my favorite passages. It tells us how to have good days. And it really, it, it, it shows us how to have a good life because a good life is stacking up a bunch of good days one after the other. And the heart of what the passage is saying, I encourage you to read it on your own, uh, Peter quotes it in 1 Peter 3, 10 through 12, so you can read it either place. But the basic gist is, stop doing wrong and do good. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty simple. And that, if we're struggling with discouragement and we know some good that we can do, if we do it, then we start climbing out of the slide into discouragement. We feel right when we do right. And it's interesting, we were made to work this way. This is reality, the way God wired us together. And we're also made to celebrate when people do right. John Krasinski is uh, hosting a show on YouTube right now called SGN, Some Good News. And in the show, he highlights those who are doing good. It's an uplifting show. It's very popular because I think one of the reasons it's so popular is we were made to do good and we were made to celebrate when we see other people doing good. So it's it's a really good thing. So when you're sliding down into discouragement, if you want to climb out of it, if you want to stop the slide, then find some good that you can do that day. What good can I do today? Is there someone around me that's doing good? How can I encourage them? How can I focus on applauding them and the good they're doing? A third aspect of good sense related to dealing with discouragement is to refuse to beat yourself up. If we're discouraged because of 
sin because we've disappointed ourselves in some way, then we're tempted to keep beating ourselves with that hammer of discouragement. And Satan rides in on that and he's hammering as well. And we're just held down. But God has given us a way out. Psalm 32.5 shows us the way. I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. If you're a Christ follower, you have accepted Jesus' payment for your sin. He paid it. He paid for your sin on the cross and you don't need to pay for it any longer. You can stop paying for it. You can stop beating yourself up. The only thing you need to do is what it says in this passage. Acknowledge your sin before God. Confess it to Him, which means to just agree that with God that your sin was wrong, that what you did was wrong. You don't need to pay for it any longer. If you admit that you've blown it, you turn away from the sin and thank God for His forgiveness, you start out of the slide into discouragement. If you damaged others, seek their forgiveness as well. If you've disappointed yourself, that's normal. That I, I disappoint myself often. But God shows a way out. And he's given us a way out in Jesus Christ who paid for our sin on the cross so we don't have to beat ourselves up any longer. Finally, the final piece of good sense that we should apply to our discouragement is tell yourself the truth. We need to tell ourselves the truth because we tend to believe what we tell ourselves. Psalm 51.6 says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. God wants us to tell ourselves the truth in here. If you're latching on to lies and the enemy, Satan, he has some lies that he wants us to believe. We need to identify those lies and reject them and replace them with the truth of Scripture. Those who are turning to God's word, soaking it in each day, they are the ones who are getting freed up from the discouragement trap. As Romans 15.4 says, God gives encouragement as we read his word, the Bible, as we listen to what he says, and as we put it into practice, as we do the good that he shows us to do. We have to fight our way out of the discouragement trap. The way gravity works, when you start a slide, it just keeps pulling you down, 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 down. And, you know, on a water slide, <clears throat> it's, it's impossible <laughs> to get out of that slide. I mean, I can't imagine trying to claw my way back to the top once I've started the slide. But the interesting thing is, when you start the slide into discouragement, God has given us everything we need to climb out of it. But we have to turn to Him. We have to use what He's provided to pull out of it. And He has shown us the way here. First, He says to read Scripture. We have a weekly Bible plan that we're posting on social media that we're sending out every week. If you'd like to get that, uh, just let us know on the connection card below. It's going to be focused on discouragement this week. We're going to look at different passages. Uh, you can also read through Joshua to Esther 
and the Psalms in the Old Testament. Second, pray against discouragement. We have to resist. We have to stop the slide and ask God to help us pull out of it. And he will do just that. So he will bring the help we need if we ask him for it. I've experienced that over and over and over again. And then third, pull into the church community. There is nothing like the church in the entire world. It's God's way of bringing people together who are trying to follow him, who are learning about following him and encouraging them and helping them figure out what it takes to follow Christ and what it means to follow Christ and what are the specifics of all that. So I'd encourage you to pull into the church community if you haven't already joined a phone fellowship. I'd encourage you to do that. You can let us know on the connection card below as well. And if this message has been a help to you, would you share the link with a friend who may be that bad? Maybe somebody around you, somebody you love, is dealing with discouragement right now. Share the link with them. And it, it, you know, the Word of God will be a blessing to them and help them pull out of it. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your truth and your Word that shows us the way out of discouragement. It shows us how you can change everything in our lives. Life itself, our approach to life itself, our approach to happiness, our approach to dealing with unmet expectations and discouragement. Lord, thank you for the help that you've given in your word. Help us to live it out more and more as we understand it and apply it to our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for your help. Amen.